Hello, this is Fabi. This is Connection First. I'm super excited to be here today. It's been a while. I am so sorry. I got a bit disappeared over the last weeks. But if you listen to the last episode in 2022, I told you that would happen because it was Christmas time. We had friends coming over and January is the school holidays for my kids here. And I really value the quality time with them. And I had to take some time off to be with my family and then I am back with no plans to stop in the near future. If you want to hear more about who I am and why am I doing here and what this podcast is all about, go to the introduction, the first episode of the podcast and you will get to know a bit more about myself and the reasons why I'm here today. Let's get now into today's topic. I decided to focus today's episode, the first episode of 2023, in sharing with you my personal review of the best parenting book I read in 2022. It's called The Whole Brain Child and is written by Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. Daniel Siegel is a psychotherapist expert and Tina Payne is a pediatric and adolescent psychologist. You can go, I'm going to leave links to both of them in the description of the podcast. And I um, it's such an honor for me to be talking about this book. I have to say uh, this book, of course, is written by them. I'm just here to share the way I see this book, the way I try to put it into practice and the way it's been helping me since I read it. The focus of the book is to understand how children's brain work and develops. And in this book, they share 12 revolutionary strategies to nurture your child's developing mind. Whoa. What can you, I mean, it's amazing having this book in front of me and and reading it. It was, every line was so interesting. And those are the 12 strategies that I want to share here with you today. Uh, Let's see how far we get in today's episode. If not, I will do another part for next week. But I really want to tell you with practical examples in the way that I have been using it. And once you get to know these techniques, uh, it's not something that you have to really think about it. Simply, whenever something is happening, you just use it. So instead of, for example, your kids are fighting, instead of just saying stop fighting, you go deeper and you know the right things to say in that moment to help create a connection that will help them in relationships in the future, for example, as a learning opportunity. So let's get into it. Strategy number one, to talk about this one, the authors of The Whole Brain Child explain or remind us about the two sides of the brain. So the right part of the brain is the emotional part, right? Is the imagination, is the nonverbal, is the like physical contact maybe, and the memories and all that part. Where the left part of the brain is where the facts are, the logic, the linear thinking, the lease, the planning, that's on the left part of the brain like more of the understanding of the situation with the facts and the so what we want to do with this one the first strategy is called connect and redirect and what they suggest is to connect with the right part of the brain first the part that is activated when the emotions are high which is the part that is non-verbal is the reactions is more of the emotions of the moment so we want to connect with that part to then redirect with the facts and with the thinking. <laughs> so an example of this is like my son, my six-year-old love jumping from the couch to the floor and from the couch to the couch and to his sibling. As I, like he loved jumping around the couch. And, and the other day I saw him doing that and I could have easily just said, I stopped doing that, which is what we usually say when we are busy and it's like, just stop that, doing that. But instead I tried to apply this. So I went there and I hold him, gave him a hug and said, 
hey, wow, I see that you're really enjoying jumping here. And, and then by then I was connecting with him. He felt that I was understanding what he was coming from and I understood that he was having fun. And then after making that connection with him by giving him a hug and having that phrase of like, oh, wow, you're having a lot of fun, he felt connected. And then I redirected the situation. So I said, okay, but this is not safe here. You can bump into your brother. You can uh, like damage the couch. You can damage yourself if you made the, right, the wrong jump. How about you go to the trampoline? And then I redirected the situation by giving him options. So that's just an example. And it was honestly less than a minute the time it took me there. But I offer him a solution. And I think what they try to do with this book is like explain to parents how we can use those little moments to help them find solutions within themselves. And this particular part, strategy number one is related to the connection that we need to create first. So it relates a lot to this podcast, which is all about the connection that we want to create with our kids. And to help them listening and to help them to help us from redirecting them from a situation that might be dangerous or that they shouldn't be doing is a lot better if we connect first and then we redirect. So this is strategy number one. Let's go to a strategy number two. It's called name it to tame it. Telling stories to calm the big emotions. Oh, I love this one. It's super useful and I promise it's been really useful for me because not only to nurture the mind, which is what we are trying here with all these tools, but to actually calm the big emotions when they are there so this is this is amazing because it's pretty much putting name to the situation that is happening and to the, not to the situation like to the feelings that they are having and how amazing is and even for adults when you are talking to someone and that person is giving the name to the to the feelings that you're having saying oh my god that must have been super frustrated or, oh of course you're upset because of that right like oh, oh yeah I imagine you feel very sad when you hear that it's like someone is taking the weight from you right is sharing somehow that feeling with you so the feeling doesn't feel that huge for example I mean the other day Matias came home and he was pretty upset because he felt very left out from a conversation that his friends were having and it's something that was happening that week a few times and he came and was telling me very upset that he was feeling like that that they were talking about a video game that he didn't know about and and he felt excluded I guess and and when he was saying when he finished I, I went back and I retold him the story that oh so you were in lunchtime and you really wanted to talk to this and that friend and they were talking about this and of course you felt super disappointed right you probably were upset because you wanted to take part of that conversation so I was pretty much repeating the story giving names to everything that he went through and that he felt and honestly I'm not giving a solution here I'm not telling him not to feel this or that way I'm simply being a good listener and I'm simply giving the emotions, the feelings, and the story that is happening, names for him. So name it to tame it. I promise it does work to calm big emotions when you retell the story and when you give names to those big feelings. So to jump to strategy number three, I want to briefly explain what is the upstairs and the downstairs brain. As I said before, the brain has different areas and we already talked about the left and right, the right being the one of the imagination and emotions and the nonverbal and the left being the facts and the linear thinking and the list and the logic and all of that. But now we also need to understand the upstairs and the downstairs brain, which is pretty much similar 
Um, but the difference is that the upstairs brain is where we have all the planning, the solution, the imagination as well, but also the thinking, the problem solving and all of that. And the downstairs part of the brain is where we have the basic reactions, the fear, the gelling, the reaction. And whenever our kids are having a tantrum, they are controlled by that downstairs brain. It's where all the, I hate you. I don't like this. I don't want to get ready. Ah, all the big emotions are in the downstairs brain. So don't stay in the emotion. Don't engage with the reaction. Engage with the problem solving part of them. Engage with the upstairs brain that they call it in the book. So an example of this that I posted on my Instagram account the other day that I have this episode this week that was pretty intense about the swimming carnival because Matthias didn't want to go because he had a bad experience last year and this year he was refusing to go altogether. He didn't want to swim. He didn't want to go. And in the morning that we said, okay, no, this is it. We've been through this. We talk about it already. We know you don't want to swim and you don't have to swim if you don't want to but you need to go and support your friends you are not going to stay home so you are going and we know that you can deal with this and you can get through this so you are going it was a hard moment it's a whole story about what happened this year with the swimming carnival but anyways uh, he got upset he got like I'm not getting ready I'm not gonna go and the situation was like completely blocked like it was like oh my god this is how are we gonna get to the other side of this situation, you know, when they are in this rage of like, I'm not getting ready and I don't want that for breakfast and I'm not going to pack anything. <laughs> oh, and uh, I, we went through a lot of different options and things in my husband and I the night before and we decided this was the right one. And I'm so grateful we did because after we were very assertive as we said, this is what's happening. And I tried not to engage, which is this strategy, with those emotions of like, go and get ready because you have to get ready and you shouldn't say that and you should do this. Instead of that, I told him, how about, come here. How about we create a plan together? Last year, you had, you were very bored because you didn't know what to do. You didn't have friends nearby. How about you pack a few books? You are really enjoying that book. Well, how about you, I let you take that book with you. How about you do this and you take the crosswords and maybe you take, you take pen and paper to write something that he loved writing and different things. And I started asking, tell me what happened last year. Okay, what can be different this year? What can you do to make it different? When I started tackling that upstairs part of the brain, right? All the thinking and the problem solving and everything, he completely moved from the downstairs brain of the reactions and the emotions and the anger. And he moved his thinking to the upstairs brain and he started to make the plan with me. And then something incredible happened. He calmed down and he said, you know what, if I'm going, if I need to go, and this is what is happening, I'm, I'm going to swim. I'm actually going to swim. He went upstairs, he packed everything. When I picked him up from school, he ran towards me with excitement and said that he had done two races. He even said that we were right, that the experience was completely different than last year. And he laughed. He tried not to, but he laughed by saying that it was a lot better than he expected. So anyways, this is just a moment that recently I, by having this in mind, I try to go to the part of the brain where he has the sound decision making and the problem solving. If I would have been just staying in the moment and engaging with the situation and taking everything personal, I probably, probably the resolution of the problem or the situation would have been different. But anyways, this was a success and that's why I'm sharing. There are so many times when we don't get it right, but this was a good one. <laughs> anyways, let's go to a strategy number four of this amazing book that we are reviewing today called The Whole Brain Child. 
The strategy number four says use it or lose it. Exercising the upstairs brain. So we just talked briefly about the upstairs and the downstairs brain. The downstairs brain is the anger, the emotions, the reactions, the expressions that we don't want to say, like the things that we say that we don't really mean sometimes and those impulses. And the upstairs brain is different. It's the self-understanding, it's the empathy, it's controlling the emotions and the body, is the thinking, the solution making, all of that is the upstairs. So this strategy in particular is simply helping kids to exercise that upstairs part of the brain, the solution making, the empathy. And how do we do that? Well, by simply using everyday moments as opportunities for them to practice, to give them that idea in their brain of thinking about something that maybe they are not considering. For example, to teach them empathy. Let's use this easy example. The other day, Matthias was telling me that there was a new boy in his class and he was telling me about something that had happened in the classroom, that they made groups and the boy didn't have where to, who to do it with and something like that. And instead of just listening to the story, oh, wow, yes, okay, I asked him, how do you think he felt in that moment? <laughs> what would you feel if you were in that situation? Or something that happens a lot as well. They find, especially when they are little, right? They find something in the playground and they want to take it home. A little car, a Paw Patrol car that my son found one time in the playground and he really wanted to take it home. It's like, how do you think that person that left it here, that little boy or girl that left it here is going to feel when they come back and the car is not here for them? How do you think they would feel? It's something super easy to apply and to use in our everyday to help them put that upstairs brain into practice. Number five, we're nearly halfway through. It's called move it or lose it. And it's based on the fact uh, how bodily movement directly affects the brain chemistry. So really, when we see our kids doing something that uh, many times could be annoying because like, oh, they are giving that, uh, they are tapping the chair and they keep tapping it, tapping it, tapping it, tapping it. And the sound is like, oh, please stop that. <laughs> or they are dancing around the table all instead of eating and they keep moving and moving and moving. They're actually using that movement to self-regulate themselves as easy and simple as that because they can really use the movement to self-regulate themselves so we can use that in our favor like first of all to understand when they are doing it that it's probably because they need to do it, that movement many times but we can also use the movement in our favor in terms of helping them use the movement when they need it or to make an activity that they need to do more fun and self-regulating for example they don't want to get ready and this is the example actually from the book they don't want to get ready they're refusing and you go to the room this is probably for little younger kids than mine now but it could work at I think Ben would love something like this. And they're refusing to get ready and you go and say, how about we do a dance and to get ready and let me put this to you and you put that and how about we play this song that you really like and you use that little game that involves movement to help them calm down a bit listen better and regulate themselves in that moment and I don't know it's amazing we use it a lot like with music at home they even play a lot of songs and dance around and I feel when they do that it's like they they need it and sometimes when I feel that they need it but they don't they haven't realized that they do I play the song and they dance and I feel that they release what they need to release in that moment so it's pretty much move it or lose it like moving the body to avoid losing the mind is what they said in the book Let's go straight to number six. Use the remote of the mind. Replaying memories. 
This tool or strategy from the whole brain child relates to the importance of replaying memories for the kids, especially when they have fears related to that memory, to take the weight out of them somehow and to avoid them possibly from being traumatized from something. It's pretty much replaying what happened in order for them to release that memory, to help them process the memory. It's fascinating because when I started to read this book, at the same time, I was listening to the audiobook for an amazing book that I might do an episode about, which is called What Happened to You? It's written by Oprah with Dr. Perry. And Dr. Perry is an expert in neuroscience. He's a psychiatrist and researcher, and the book is pretty much about trauma. And on that book, that book helped me understand trauma in a much better way. And it helped me also to, as a reminder of how important is the first years of life. So let's put it this way. For us as adults, when something happened to us that could be major or could be potentially traumatizing for us, we come back home, right? Or imagine that it's something big or something small. We come back home and we share it with our partners or we go out with friends and we share and we release all the emotions related to that when we share what happened. And you might tell the story of what happened many times, right? And that's a way to put that emotions in someone else, to share it, to release those emotions. And it's a way to avoid being traumatized. So what happens with kids? Kids pretty much, sometimes they either don't have the right tools because they don't know yet how to talk or communicate properly, or they don't have adults or people around them that create the right environment and the safety environment for them to share what happened and to release that. So this tool relates a lot to that. And it was mind-blowing to read it at the same time that I was listening to this, uh, what happened to you and understanding trauma. Because for me, the way I see it, this tool is pretty much telling the stories and helping the kids to retell the stories. So when the kids come back and they have a fear because of something, you try to retell the story. Oh, you don't want to get in the pool because you are thinking about that time when you were swimming with the teacher and the teacher couldn't hold you properly so you felt unsafe and you retell the story and when they listen if they if they can talk they can probably tell you the story again and they go through it and you sit down and you say okay tell me what you remember and you create that safety space. It's as easy as that. So this tool, I could be talking about this one for a while because it's actually one of my favorites and I think it's really really important and amazing and it has so much potential in the sense that it can really help our kids deal with the biggest emotions that are happening and so many times it's something as easy and as small as something that happened with a friend that they can drag it to the future so to avoid that or to help them I mean the best we can do is to offer that space and to remind the importance I keep in mind the importance of retelling the stories to process it's all about helping them process situations I'm gonna leave it for now here and I'm gonna keep the rest of these amazing strategies for the next time thank you so much for listening I hope it was helpful and as I always say we are doing the best we can with the information and the tools we have and I hope that the tools I shared with you today were helpful for more information about the book and about the authors please go to the podcast description thank you for being here